So welcome back to The Home Stretch, property podcast with Ian McKenzie, where today we're joined by Verona Frankish, who is CEO at Yopa. Thank you for joining us, Verona. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Now you are celebrating, I saw on LinkedIn, you're celebrating one year at Yopa in the last couple of weeks, weren't you? I was indeed, yes. And it's literally gone in a blink of an eye. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask you a couple of questions because obviously the past year has been kind of tumultuous in in terms of the housing market to say the least so how do you think that that has really shaped your first year because it could have been a much different 12 months couldn't it for sure um I mean it's been a real it's been a year of transformation in the sector um there's been a lot of changes particularly in the last six months um, but it was equally closer to home uh, a year of transformation for us as well. Um, and I think that that is normal when a, a new CEO joins a business. Um, my predecessor was there for about three and a half years. And uh, Yopa is still a reasonably young business. It's uh, coming up to eight years old. So there's always uh, change, transformation in the early phases whilst the business really kind of determines its place in the sector in the world. Um, so that that continued, but uh, I think the year of transformation was quite interesting because I, I use this analogy with my team a lot, and I think it explains it quite accurately. We were trying to fly a 747 across the Atlantic at the same time as trying to change the engine. And that you would love the, the, the luxury to be able to land the plane, ground it for six months, change the engine and then fly with the new engine. But that's not possible, right? So we had to do both. Uh, so we had to fly across a very choppy Atlantic across last year. Um, but in lots of ways, we gained from that because when you're joining um, a new business with an entirely new team, I believe you see how people really are whenever they're under pressure, uh, whenever there's change, and you determine whether they're open for that and whether they're up for the challenge or whether they struggle in that environment. And, um, you know, barring a few, a very small number of um, of casualties, I suppose, uh, for the most part, I'm incredibly proud of the team that we have and that we managed to navigate ourselves through a, a really challenging year, but uh, in a way that uh, that definitely galvanized us as, as a team and as, as a business. And as a consequence, we're now very clear about where we're headed. Uh, I feel I've got a really great team on, on board to achieve that. And, and this year, is very much about executing on the plan that we outlined for us last year. So in some ways it was challenging, but in other ways we benefited hugely from, from that period of time. I love that analogy. And Ian, I know you're going to love that analogy as well. You like a, you like an idiom, don't you? I do indeed. I thought you were going to say I'm an idiot, but you'd be, <laughs> you'd be right on both counts, in fairness. I love, yeah, I love that analogy. It's, it's a superb one. So uh, so how has that gone? So what? So if you were to do an elevator pitch of Yopa and its plan and its direction of travel, what would that elevator pitch be? Sure. Um, I guess, first of all, then start with who we are today, yeah. what Yopa is. So Yopa is a full service estate agency without physical branches. Um, we provide a full end to end service for our customers. And because we don't have those physical branches, we use a, a, a 
brilliant blend of fantastic people and great technology. Um, so what our challenge is in the world is to, estate agency is at its essence a people business and people interacting with local communities. And because we don't have those physical branches, that presents us with different challenges to a typical high street model. So we have to work harder and, and, and in a different way to build trust and credibility and brand awareness at a local level with our consumers. Uh, so a, a lot of what our strategy is about is about um, improving and being able to better articulate to our potential customers what we bring to the table and why would you choose Yopa to some, uh, as opposed to another high street agent. Um, I definitely see that we have two customer bases in our world. So our agents are our customers because it's a franchise model. It's a self-employed franchise model. So we have to provide a proposition uh, and an environment in which the franchise owners feel that they can thrive and they can flourish and run great businesses. And we also then have our customer and paying customers that we need to provide a, a proposition that, that works for them depending on their needs. And uh, I believe that we have a, a brilliant choice proposition for both of those customer groups. So our uh, now that we've clarified and solidified what we are, then we set ourselves a, a three to five year goal to build on that. So growth is a key part of our strategy, um, but sustainable growth. And I mean sustainable in terms of profitability and sustainable in terms of the planet. We've already got a really good head start in terms of being a, a business that doesn't have those physical offices and therefore isn't uh, as big a drain as potentially some other chains would be. Um, so we have to we have to uh, maximize our, that opportunity because there's lots of evidence to demonstrate that consumers are using sustainability and environmental impact as a choice when they're choosing um, to engage with any supplier or any brand. So that is a that's a, 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 an element of our strategy. Clearly, it's not the only one, but it's an element of our strategy. So um, becoming the estate agent of choice in the, the territories in which we trade and doing that with a long-term view. I am very much, um, I very much take a long-term view to business. I it, I don't believe you can, uh, it's important that we, we leave a business a bit like the New Zealand uh, analogy, the All Blacks, you know, you leave the shirt in a better place than you find it. Yeah. Um, I'm not motivated by coming in making a quick turnaround and a quick change and then leave it again for someone else to pick up the pieces. Um, that means that you have to play the long game. That means that you have to make decisions that are right for five and 10 years time. So that doesn't always mean that you get the, the turnaround in a very short space of time that, that some people are after. And in some cases, investors are after. So um, so yes, I think we're, we're about creating a long-term and sustainable business for our franchise owners and also for ourselves. And it is very much in partnership because if Yopa cannot be profitable sustainably, nor will our franchise businesses and vice versa. We, we are, it's a symbiotic relationship and we need each other to be successful. And that is very much at the heart of our business. Yeah, Verena, there's lots of uh, commonality between my business and your business. So it's B2B and B2C. Absolutely. Which is which is a conundrum in itself, isn't it? Because yeah, of, yeah. with all of the different strategies, et cetera, uh, for your own business and also for your 
for you for your family i mean Absolutely. in the guild in the guild we very much look at the community and the family and helping them be more successful in the marketplace so i completely get it yeah um so as a person i um, am a traditionalist in the, uh, the that i back the, the high street but with a very broad understanding of the um commerciality and the com and the customer view of the original online and i go back to the original being the original it wasn't the first of course but the one that people remember is purple bricks yes because at the time i was one of the mds that launched their project Ayala, which was the online version for uh for countrywide. countrywide yeah yeah and there was a there was a survey at that time uh, delivered to the board by deloitte that said that up to 40 percent of consumers would consider I remember that mm -hmm. Yeah, but that hasn't happened yet, has it? I mean, it's sort of peaked at around eight to nine to ten percent, depending on which which um, graph you look at. Right. What, what, um, what's your sort of view on that in terms of moving forward and customer engagement? And in a challenging market, of course, people revert to brands and types that they maybe have used in the past. Absolutely. Um, yeah. What's your sort of take on that? Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I remember that uh, that survey, Ian, and um, I, I think that was helpful uh, back in the day. Whenever that part of the the market was being disrupted, and that played into the narrative for investment and fundraising, etc. Um, today, it's as you said, it's it's somewhere between seven and a half, eight percent today, and it peaked at probably about nine. Yeah. Um, I think. The disruption in the market and consumers have now got a taste for something different. And in particular, first time buyers, we are definitely um, strong in first time buyers and millennials. Yeah. Uh, so that is a, that is the way that they're used to interacting. Yeah. And um, I think there is a segment of, of market that will that are happy to transact in that way. And my view is that, you know, I do, will it be 40%? I have no idea. I don't know what the optimum number is. I haven't done enough, um, you know, analysis on, on that. And we haven't paid Deloitte to do an updated view on their position today. But I think there, we, there is enough evidence to say that there is a segment of the market that is comfortable transacting in that way. And therefore, I believe that we can grow that by evolving that proposition. Because in the early days, the proposition was very much um, online listing, uh, sell you probably quickly, um, high risk, but low fee. That has yeah. evolved even in the last five or six years. And yeah. you will know that today Purple Bricks's um, fees are actually much more aligned to a no sale, no fee option. Yeah. Um, we at Geopa, we provide a number of options. So we have a, a pay upfront model, a pay mm -hmm. later model in three different tiers. So a core product, a premium product and an ultimate product. We also offer no sale, no fee, um, but it's also a fixed fee. So it's aligned to our values as a business, but it is we also offer a, a pay on success model. And that is a, a much wider range, I believe, than any other model out there. But that's still going back to my point about trust and credibility. There are some customers in the market that just would not even consider Yopa as one of the three or four agents that they bring in the lounge. So part of my job, my team's job is to better articulate what we do to help uh, get us in the lounge in the first place to, yeah. to, to give us um, an option. So I I would say that, but I believe that there is still growth in that seven, eight percent in the hybrid sector. Um, I'm not 
I don't love calling it online because it makes it sound very hands-off and that is yeah. absolutely not what we are. Um, yeah. But I think it is definitely a hybrid, blended uh, proposition between great people who genuinely, genuinely care about their customers and, and delivering to their customers. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I, I would say that from a data perspective, we have so much data to support the idea that despite what uh, the perception that uh, a pay anyway model doesn't focus on achieving the customer's primary needs, which is to sell a property, um, you know, we outperform most other agents in our in our data that says we we sell more, we uh, exchange more and we complete more than most high street agents um, and we achieve a greater selling price as well. So, um, you know, I think there is a lot of benefit, clearly, if um, the vendor and the agent's vision are not aligned and as in any business, if the agent doesn't do a great job, that, that won't always be successful. We will not have a 100% success rate and it's those um, those exceptions to the, the the normal rule, I guess, that the potentially is the downside of, of a hybrid model. Yeah. So there's so many things that you've said that I agree with. Um, <laughs> and because uh, you, so your model is you give the consumer choice, which Correct. I think is, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a, a, a huge advocate. I've never had a problem ever with purple bricks or any of the online, what, what, again, what we call online. Again, I've got, and once again, I've got a view on that. All agents are online. So this is about customer perception of service, isn't it? Absolutely. And my view is that if a, a traditional, if McKenzie & Co in Winchester can't go to a consumer and articulate the difference of my offering to any other agent, be it upper quartile or lower quartile or or re remote working from home or online or whatever, however they wish to be categorized or identified, then that's my fault. Absolutely agree. Yeah. And in the, the, the consumer needs to resonate and they will associate themselves with the brand that they think is best going to serve them. Yes. And, and as I've said many, many times in my career, so, um, buyers don't discriminate who they choose, but sellers do. Yes. And, and that's the job of marketing is to position your brand in the eyes of the consumer so that they can resonate their property their castle, an English person's home is their castle yeah. with that particular brand. Um, question, do you think that the millennials and the first-time buyers um, relate to you better because of your tech? So I think um, tech is definitely a driver. I yeah. think there's also, um, and, and this feeds into the tech, the tech is also the, the perception from a consumer is, I can do anything at any time of the day because I want it now. Um, yeah. I have two teenage kids and they are, they're wonderful in many ways, but they are so impatient and they want something yesterday. And they, you know, even if you send them a message or someone sends me a message and it's sat on my phone for more than 30 seconds, you've not responded to that message. Well, I don't need to yet, but they've just messaged you. You need to respond straight away. They're, the millennials uh, need for immediacy is quite frightening actually and i think the that the the technology is one element i.e makes it, it allows them to interact in a way they don't have to talk to people a lot yeah. of millennials are like and I, i'm massively generalizing here right which is always dangerous but yeah. i think the the ability to be able to get a response immediately definite driven by the tech for sure yeah. 
Um, and also, I think um, uh, coupled with that, uh, our franchise business owners, because it is their own business, they make a choice about how they spend their day and they will be able to take their kids to school in the morning. They may take an hour out at lunchtime, go to the gym and that that works for them. So they work into the evenings or they'll work at weekends. So the millennials have the ability to, if they do need something, they get a reasonably quick response from their agent and they feel like this person is working for me and I've got this connection, um, whether that be through the technology or through the immediacy that that drives. Yeah. And you're probably like me. I've got many clients over the years that are now friends, where yeah. you help them. You help them at their in their hour of need, and now they we talk to each other. You know, twenty years on, we see um, so much of that. So yeah. much, and you know, we're a reasonably young business, as I mentioned, and we're now around about eight years old. So it is incredible the number of people, even in that short window, because the average is about seven years, where we have done repeat business for buyers and sellers because we are now the go-to. And that's really important in a state agency. I talked earlier about the, the local nature and the, the nature of community and um, brand advocacy and people advocacy. That is so important in this world because we are trusting um, our agents to deal with, you know, something that's not only their biggest asset, but something that's so, they're so emotionally connected to and something that's so important to them. Um, so whenever you feel like you can trust someone in that way, then why would you, unless they break that trust, why would you go elsewhere? Yeah, I completely agree. So um, the uh, news recently regarding Purple Bricks and the fact that they're up for sale and strike a competitor of, of all of ours in the marketplace, have, it's been official that they've thrown their hat into the ring. Yeah. What's, what's your take on that? Does that strengthen the market? What does it do to the reputation? Or is it completely irrelevant? It's just another business transaction in a in a tur turbulent marketplace? So my view on Purple Bricks, um, I, you may or may not know, but I spent two and a half years there. So I know the business um, very well. Um, I also worked alongside the business whilst it was being formed because at the time I was at Mortgage Advice Bureau. Um, so I was okay. helping them develop their mortgage proposition um, as part of the, the creation of, of the brand and the business. So I would say I know it pretty intimately. Um, and uh, today, it's not the business that it was back then by any stretch in any way. It's unrecognizable. Um, and over the last 12 months, we have um, onboarded a lot of their um, agents that, that have left Purple Bricks and come to, to come to Yoka. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I don't feel any joy for the fact that Purple Bricks are in the state that they're in because a lot of people um, gave a lot to yeah. create what it became, including me. Um, so I think um, going back to the question about the hybrid sector and what I believe the future is, uh, I definitely believe somebody will will buy Purple Bricks, whether that's um, Strike, whether that's Michael Bruce or a another. Um, and I think it's important that Purple Bricks is a, a is a contender in that space because I think the hybrid sector is better for Purple Bricks within it. Um, how does that uh, impact my business and what we're focusing on? Um, Obviously, everybody is aware of what's going on outside, but I'm very much a believer in being clear about our own path and being clear about our own goals and focusing on those and uh, delivering against our um, our own our own plans. So 
yes, I think someone will buy it. And yes, I think it's a good thing for the sector. Um, how material and how much of a threat they will be in terms of trading, um, there's a lot of work to do to get that business back to where it needs to be, I would say. So in the short term, a big opportunity for other businesses and in the longer term, who knows? Yeah, once again, we agree because I think it's great for the sector to have, to give the consumer choice and agents agents listening to this need to focus on your value proposition for the Absolutely. consumer and not worry about other people's. Learn from them, but I call it borrowing with pride. Borrow with pride. If there's somebody else that's doing something, putting a red nose on on a Thursday afternoon and yeah. it's getting the business, you know, learn from those sorts of things. But you don't have to obsess about other people, focus on yourself. Most definitely. I think, you know, it's it's really interesting. Um, I've worked in three different sectors. I've worked in retail, financial services and property. Right. And in every other sector, I've seen much more collaboration, much more learning from openly asking, seeking support, guidance, help. Um, I think that has improved in, in the last couple of years, if I'm honest, but there was definitely a sense for me of when I joined this sector, you know, don't look, that's my homework and um, I don't want you looking at my homework. Um, and I think that's sad. I genuinely think it's sad because I think, you know, create the best that you can collaboratively, give the customer the best choice and the best options out there and let's elevate the reputation of the sector let's yeah. elevate the reputation for all of us yeah. and you know obsessing about our competition that uh, just it, it, it creates a bitterness that um i don't want to carry around quite frankly yeah spend your spend your energy on making sure you're giving best advice and customer care to you to your customers yeah. yeah that's really important holly you had a question about um uh, LinkedIn and, and championing individuals, didn't you? Which is yeah. Well, I um always do a bit of research on people, and Verona, I looked at your LinkedIn, and a recurring theme with you is kind of celebrating other people, and I think that's definitely come across in the conversation we've had today as well. Is that you understand how important it is and how emotive a state agency is, um, and so yeah, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Why you think it's so important? to lift people up in your business. And that links in very nicely to the Women in a State Agency conference that I want to talk to you about on a whole nother episode. So we will come back to that. But yeah, wh why do you think it's so important to champion people? Um, I think, first of all, that's really kind of you to, to point that out, Holly, but um, I am definitely um, a lover of people. I think people are, and connections and network and community is so important and at the heart of who we are, at the heart of every business, at the heart of every community. Um, it probably started, I'm the oldest of eight kids um, in Northern Ireland, from Northern Ireland. My mum was one of 12, my dad one of five. And um, I grew up very much in a, in a community and I fully understand the, the benefits of uh, supporting, helping and championing, championing other people. I then carried that into my career and, and and I've always done that and I've always done my best to help people, but I've also always tapped into uh, a large network of people that I trust, respect and, and admire. And I wouldn't be the leader I am today. I wouldn't be the person I am today had I not had access to, and by the way, taken the opportunities to, to ask questions, to dig into, to ask for help of the people that I've had the pleasure of, of working with, knowing over the years. I've, I've worked with some incredible leaders and 
I've also taken lots of things from some of those people that I wouldn't employ in how I lead. Um, and but I think that's that's what what, what networks and communities are all about. So um, I love helping other people. Um, I'm a mentor. I'm a coach. Um, I love seeing people succeed and. If you talk to anybody in my team, it's never ever about me. I'm not. I'm not really comfortable with the CEO title. For example, it is to me. We are a team. We work together. We're aligned on our strategy. We know where we're going, and we will win together, or we will just keep trying together. But it's not about um, being a figurehead. I'm not really that sort of person. I have zero ego. Um, I just want us to be successful and I love seeing others be successful and I love seeing other people shine. And um, you know, I I'll talk about it in the Women in the State Agency conference, but one of the somebody I coached, Lucy Noonan, who um is an acquisition specialist, mm-hmm. and I helped Lucy get the confidence to create her own business. And in 12 months, she's absolutely smashing it. And I'm so proud of her. And that makes me so happy to see people succeed. So, you know, that's just that's just who I am. Lucy runs why... a fabulous business, doesn't she? Sorry to Brilliant. I am really so does. proud of her. Yeah, I was just going to say, and that's why I was so pleased that you agreed to come on, Verona, because you can definitely get that sense from your LinkedIn that you're not the type of person to shout me, me, me. And I think that's that's a great attribute to have. But you speak so well and so positively and, and professionally about Yopa, particularly and your experience. So we're really pleased that you took the time to come on today. Thank you. I think just on that point, Holly, you know, I talk to our franchise owners and our people about the importance of the importance of their social profile. And I, I come back to the trust point and the credibility point. We don't have branches and we have to connect with people. And it's important to me that we connect on an authentic level. So whilst we can do things with the brand, it's really important that at a local level, our agents are connecting with their community, connecting with their audience in an authentic way. And, um, and I, it's taken me a lot of years to get to a point where I'm comfortable being vulnerable, uncomfortable saying, I don't have all the answers. I don't. Um, and I'm okay with that. But I'm also confident enough in my ability as a leader that if I can work with the team of people, we will get to those answers together. We'll figure it out. And then, and they'll also comfortable enough to say, I don't know the answer either. Well, that's fine. Let's find a way where we can you know, figure it out. Um, so I think that's really, really important. And today's leadership style has evolved a lot from when I started in my management training program at Marks and Spencer's like 100 years ago. <laughs> That's really good. There is a saying, isn't there? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You care. I use it a lot. I agree. It's absolutely right. Um, which part of Northern Ireland are you from? I'm a dairy girl. Dairy, okay. I yeah. love Northern Ireland. It's fabulous over there, isn't it? It's just wonderful. Um, I go back there a lot. As I say, I've still got a, a big family there. I was back yeah. last weekend, actually. So, yeah, it, um, I still call it home. It's a special place. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's it's uh, we've got guild members there, and I have to say I absolutely love going there. I was chatting with Art to, to Art uh, O'Hagan yesterday. Nice man. That's a proper Irish name. It certainly is. <laughs> it certainly is indeed. Nice man. Well, yeah, Verona, you're definitely a role model, definitely inspirational for people. So I'm looking forward to you coming back for another episode. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.